Hello, it's Meg Healy here. Thanks for listening to the Sew and Tell podcast. Make sure you stick around at the end of the episode as Singer presents an interview Amanda and I did with SVP education specialist Bethany McHugh. Bethany talked to us about Stitch Labs and told us how sewing went from being her hobby to her profession. It's all presented by Singer. Sewing made easy, approachable, and available for all. and indie sewing bring their different perspectives to the hottest topics in the sewing community. I'm Meg Healy. I'm Amanda Carestio. And I'm Kate Zynard. Today on the podcast, we'll be discussing sewing for kids, and we have a very special guest, Lindsay Essery of Ellie and Mac Patterns. Welcome, Lindsay. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining us. Mm-hmm. So after we talk sewing for kids, we'll share some sewing inspiration and give you a chance to share something too. Uh, but before we get started, how's everybody doing today? I think we've determined that we're all hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think we were talking before we were recording and just how like sweaty and hot it yes. is. <laughs> Meg, you are positively glowing. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I It's the sweat sheen, you know, just humid it's very humid here mm. in toronto right now is it humid over there too in nova scotia Lindsay? it is it's just ridiculously sticky um we don't get the heat oh, like this yeah. very often and so and it's a little earlier than we normally uh-huh. get so yeah we're yeah. all just trying to get through this couple days so we can you know have the cooler breezes again but yeah it's it's sticky time to sew some swimsuits maybe i don't know <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Short shorts. I just want some <laughs> short, short <shorts>. lounging shorts. <laughs> I know. I was. We were going for a walk on the weekend, Julie and I, and there was kids playing in a splash pad, and I was this close. Like, oh, but I wanted to run in there. It looked so fun and so cool. For sure. <laughs> just you know, a couple thirty-year-olds just splashing around. <laughs> I think that's allowed. For sure. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Yeah, the rules go out the window when it's this warm, for sure. 100%. But don't swim in the rivers because that's how people drowned. That's my my warning for the people in the Pacific Northwest from having lived there for a little bit. Oh, yeah? Yeah. In really hot weather, there there are a lot of uh, warnings out there not to to jump in the rivers because people do that and then they drowned. Oh, my gosh. So don't do that. Oh, no. Oh wow! <laughs> you can cut that out if it was too depressing. Hey, let's dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and moving on. <laughs> and on a more un- uplifting note. <laughs> um. Next. <laughs> well, should we hop into sewing for kids? Yes, let's. Yeah, I am excited about this topic, and I was just thinking about it. Um, that this is another one of those podcast moments where I am definitely being totally self-serving and that I'm hoping I'll get inspired to sew yeah. more for my kids. But I will also note that when we, uh, a couple of months ago, we asked for input regarding future podcast mm-hmm. topics and someone did actually request sewing for kids. So this is not just for me. This is for our listeners also. Um, so let's, let's kick it off. Um, I think that sewing for kids is something that 
for me, kind of feels like a should, like something I should do, mm-hmm. but I don't. I, I really, when I'm sewing and when I'm going, it's like, it has to be really inspiring and I, I want to get to the finish line. And sewing for kids just has not felt that way for me. When I do sew for my kids, I it's lovely, it's fulfilling, it's super special. Mm-hmm. When they wear the clothes I've made them, it's it's just really, it's really touching. Um, and I've had some wins, but I just, I haven't been able to really prioritize it. And mm-hmm. so I'm hoping we can, we can talk through some of those reasons, talk through some of the ways that it is fulfilling and why, um, you know, it's, it, how it can become part of like a regular sewing practice and, and yeah, all things, all things sewing for kids. Um, Let's start with you, Lindsay. I know that you have designed quite a few patterns for kids. And I was curious, kind of what's your what's your design approach? Well, I think for me, I have four kids and I started when my first was an infant. And so it's interesting that you say you struggle to sew for your children because I would struggle to sew for myself. I just was always, oh, <laughs> yeah, I was always motivated in making those cute, you know, clothes that were boutique mm-hmm. kind of inspired and things maybe I couldn't go mm-hmm. afford at the time because I was staying home. So I was extremely motivated to get out there and um, sew for my kids. And I loved the compliments that would come and like the special memories it mm-hmm. would make. Um, and I was sewing for my children and then as a business first. So it kind of translated over when I began designing. And I would say that knowing first about the fact that kids are all about comfort. And if I made something that wasn't comfortable, it wasn't going to be worn. And then second, knowing that connection of how the child wearing that connected me to a memory was really also a driving force. So when I design something, I kind of try to keep both of those in mind. Like, okay, where where would the children wear this? Can it be made both special occasion and casual with a switch of fabric? Can it be versatile? You know, can they sew the seams on the outside if their children have some seam sensitivity? Because I definitely have a few children who, you know, struggled with some sensitivity issues. And it just makes your life so much easier when you can throw those seams on the outside and, you know, still make the garment look right. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think that's definitely oh, yeah. how I come at it in in my mindset. Comfort first, then, you know, how can it make a memory? So I think that's kind of part of sewing for your own children, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel like, I'm not sure how old your kiddos are. Do you feel like you were sewing more for them when they were younger and it's mm-hmm. kind of tapered off as they've gotten older? Because I, I think that, I think that my kids age does have something to do with how inspired I am to sew for them, <laughs> namely that I know they're going to end up with holes in the knees yeah. and spaghetti sauce everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I totally agree with that. Yeah. Um, my children are um, almost 20 is my oldest daughter. And then I have a 13 yeah. year old and uh, an 11 year old son, and then also a, a nine year old daughter. So I have three girls and a boy. Really, to be honest with you, they're all aged out of me sewing for them. They're picky about their clothes and what they wear. Mm -hmm. So I value all those things that I made and the photos I have of that. And I think they do when they look back on it. They'll like, you know, want to look at the pictures and smile a bit and chat about it, which is special. But I don't think they'd really like love me doing it now. 
which is interesting because <laughs> the patterns we design, you know, go up to tweens and teens and then fade into adults. And I'm yeah. always thinking about would, you know, would my daughter wear this? Would my son wear this, you know, and how can I make it a little bit cooler, right? Like for the tween in mind as well, <laughs> even though mine wouldn't do it. I don't know. Some do though. Yeah. I think there's part of me that's like, oh, well, also more when they're kind of tweens and a little bit older. And I hadn't really factored in the the fact that they probably won't want me to do it at that point. <laughs> it seems like it depends on the kid. Oh, my goodness. Have your... Yeah. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Have, your... Have any of your children picked up sewing themselves? Not yet. I would say that my oldest and my second oldest, so my... 19 year old who's almost 20 and my um, 13 year old, they both did it a little bit. They kind of tried their hand at it, but it wasn't like love. And I'm very much be your own person kind of a parent. So. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I don't really think any of them um, are going to follow in my footsteps uh, based on their interests and their current Mm -hmm. likes, but we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. So Lindsay, are you currently developing patterns? Are you, I know you're doing a little bit of both. You're doing adult and kids patterns. What's the mix for you? Is it kind of 50-50 or has it kind of shifted back and forth over the years? Well, I think that the main goal at the moment is to have an overarching collection of things that kind of balances. So we had a lot of kids patterns because that's where I began and that's what I was comfortable with. Kids are a little yeah. bit easier to design for based on body shape. But when I got a little bit more brave and dove into adult designing, you know, we would have that request to expand those options. And so there's quite a bit left to expand in our adult clothing, just even at a basics sort of a level, um, more bottoms for sure, things that mm-hmm. maybe I wasn't as comfortable designing. But as you get, as you learn new skills and you get better, right, you start to add more things like that. So we still do draft children's patterns, but um, I would say that we are trying to expand our straight fit adult collection because it's a little bit slimmer in the offerings than, um, say, our curvy fit adults or our children. Got it. Hey, it's Meg again, and I really hope you're enjoying this episode of the Sew and Tell podcast. I want to remind you to stick around right after we wrap up our conversation here for an interview with SVP education specialist, Bethany McHugh. It's brought to you by Singer. Singer is sewing made easy, approachable, and available for all. It's the brand that brings you the essentials in sewing tools and knowledge. In the interview, Amanda and I had so much fun hearing about Bethany's sewing experiences, which include putting scrunchies and hair bows on hedgehogs. (laughs) She also talks about Stitch Labs, and I know you'll love it. That's right at the end of the episode, and it's brought to you by Singer. Meg and Kate, question for you. Have you sewn much for kids? I have not done a lot of kids sewing. Um, yeah. I, I've been like racking my brain trying to think of examples. And I I remember making a Little Mermaid costume for my niece when she was wee tiny, like five mm-hmm. or something. And she just she just turned 18. So it was oh. it was quite a while ago. <laughs> and then um, I've done a couple of things through the magazines. 
both for CME mm-hmm. and Sonus that were kids. I t- we took our up in arms blouse, which is a very popular pattern, and had it redrafted for girls. And so I sewed that up in a nightgown version and a shirt version. And we had my uh, goddaughter model it for the magazine and it was adorable. And then I remember making a little Uh baby dress and embroidering it for CME at one point. But those are the only ones I can really remember. I just, my, my godkid's mom is a seamstress and I always feel like it would kind of be stepping on her toes a little bit, even though she doesn't really sew for them except mm-hmm. for Halloween. So I, I always feel like it would be a little weird to be like, hey, I'm going to make your kids some clothes. <laughs> and then my niece uh, lives across the country. <laughs> so <laughs> it's kind of hard to sew for somebody that you don't see and you can't measure and stuff like that. So yeah, for sure. So for me, it's, it's kind of a foreign world. Um, so I'm finding this whole thing very fascinating. Yeah, at first I was thinking, oh, I never sew for kids. I just have sewn uh, a couple like minky baby blankets with their names embroidered for friends. But ironically, I actually just got a text this morning. It was like meant to be. We were recording today and it was someone like, hi, Meg, I want to give a gift to my friend's niece, but I want it to be handmade and local. Like, would you be interested? Like, it was just so weird. Like, just the and uh, so I was going to say uh, I'm too busy, but now I'm like, maybe I will because I need to, I want to practice for, I hopefully will be making lots of little baby clothes soon oh. <laughs> in the next coming years. So, but I think I'm going to be making a lot, but thinking about, I, I actually have made a ton of kids clothes because when I worked at the dance and skating shop, yeah. I was making tiny leotards mm-hmm. and fitting um, custom da- uh, dance clothes for kids all ages from four to, you know, 16. So I can sew like a little kid's leotard and tutu with my eyes closed, but I just didn't think of that. It actually kind of is sewing, sewing for kids. Um, so totally. I guess, but it's a lot easier with, you know, stretchy spandex fabrics for sure. <laughs> Always. Yeah. yeah. but oh it's just I can't uh they are so I'm I'm getting more interested in it for sure yeah for me it's just like the fit I'm just like really unconfident in like the I I even when friends have children and I'm sure I don't know like I look at like what does yeah you know this month old like I just am worried about fitting yeah fitting is a thing for me too because I feel like especially when kids are really young you know, you make special things and then they fit for like yeah. 10 minutes yeah. and they outgrow them, which yeah. in my technique was always to make things like bigger. Oh, yeah. And then I, but my daughter, I made her this one special dress for a friend's wedding and she was not even one yet. And she wore the dress and then like she was three and she could still wear the dress. <laughs> wow. Um, because it was, I had made it so big. That has some range. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't think it ever really fit perfectly. So right. mm-hmm. um, I think that's definitely, that's been a deterrent for me, but because yeah. because they do outgrow it quickly, but there's, there's a lot of ways that I've found it really fulfilling, you know, for kind of special occasions for Christmas gifts and Christmas PJs, that kind of thing. But I will say that I have found it to be pretty fulfilling. Also, Mm -hmm. very fast. I feel like especially when kiddos are very little, we're talking very small pieces of fabric. Yeah, you can like use scraps, like Mm -hmm. little, you know, scraps from fabrics. Yeah. 
And, you know, it, and you can make one and then you, if you like it, you can crank them out and, and make a whole bunch, you know, for those basics. Yeah. But I'm, I'm also hoping that as my kids get a little bit older, that I will be able to, you know, I've, I've found as a sewist, it's so fulfilling to be able to co- accommodate my body in the ways that it's yeah. not, you know, uh, a standard body, a normal mm-hmm. body. And I'm really mm-hmm. hoping that I can use that for my kids. They probably won't want to have anything to do with that, but <laughs> I will, um, you know, I, I will be able to offer them that if, if, if they need that. And I think that that's a really important way for kids to feel special and, you know, and be able to, in a really practical sense to make them clothes that they'll actually wear and be comfortable in. Um, any other particularly fulfilling parts of it? I'm trying to get inspired here. Come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> As as a as somebody who does embroidery and has a yeah. y- you know I I feel like there are so many options with kids and this is going to sound really ridiculous but you know I have a certain aesthetic for myself mm. um and it tends to be not particularly cutesy except mm-hmm. in you know certain circumstances like when I'm making pillows for my cats or whatever but <laughs> with the kids you know you can get in there with the you know teddy bear designs and the the cutest little embroidery designs yes exactly and you can sort of uh you could sort of embrace all of those things that you're just a little bit too mature for yourself Mm -hmm. and I I always (laughs) like that because I'm you know it's like my aesthetic for what I wear is different from my aesthetic from what I like right I'm the same way so sometimes yeah so there's something yeah also, yeah. you know, for what it's worth, when I was in my teens, my mom didn't make a lot of clothes for me, but she made costumes for me because I did kids mm-hmm. theater when I was yeah. when I was a kid. And so I have several pieces and I mean she she was not a a big sewer. She just wasn't. And the things that she put she put together two separate pairs of wings for me when I played wow. a bird in two different plays and one of them was actually feathers and one of them was this hideous collection of organza and lame and all of this stuff all layered up and you know that sounds amazing <laughs> that sounds like I would work <laughs> It was. It was totally amazing. And she actually made it for me and two other girls in that case. And, you know, I was always really grateful to have a mother who could, if not, you know, put me together like a super fancy wedding gown or something to have somebody who could, you know, if I was like, well, I need a 1940 style dress in a really ugly color and there's no way I'm going to find that (laughs) at thrift store my mom could go and find me a really ugly color and make me that dress. And that was really, that was really valuable for me. So mm-hmm. I don't know where, where your kids are headed, Amanda. I really don't, but I, uh, I know that your daughter's done some plays. Um, so you never know. I know. I'm never sewing LeMay. I'm not going to oh, sew LeMay for her. I love her so it. much. Don't do it. <laughs> it's so terrible. <laughs> Yeah, Lindsay, I'm curious, what was like the very first thing that you so like so you've you've had your first child and you want to start so what's the first thing that you made? I think I went and bought like one of the dollar patterns from Joanne's. I was all excited. I loved yeah. that sale, yeah. right? That's why I transferred that idea right. to my site. 
And so I, you know, had my little patterns and I'm pretty sure it was like these cute basic bell bottoms with an elastic waist and um, like a little ruffle hem at the end. So shouldn't have been too difficult, but I'm pretty sure I sewed it inside out like wrong the first time and had to go back and do it again. And I didn't know that I should finish Mm -hmm. the seams. So when we washed it, it would fray, you know, inside. And then it had like (laughs) this peasant type top. And I think that was the first time I ever tried knit. And at the time it scared me to death and I only had a sewing machine, which you can totally do if you have some knowledge, but I didn't. I was just winging this. And so... (laughs) Uh, it, it, you know, it did turn out, but it was kind of a hot mess. She loved it. It didn't matter, but, um, I enjoyed the process and yeah, I think from there I was just like, it's going to get better. I just, and I really liked it cause she felt in love with it so much. So yeah, I saw pictures of that one. Oh, that's so cute. That is cute. Mm-hmm. Um, another question for you, Lindsay, if you don't mind sharing, what are some of your top kids patterns? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Um, I would say the going home sweater has been very popular, but it's been around a long time. So I don't know if it's just based on the fact that it's a great basic or if it's, you know, something Mm -hmm. beyond that, but it has a couple options of length and it can be a dress and it can have a band. And I think it's just a great comfort piece. And again, I always come back to that. I know, but I think that if you can nail the comfort part, you can dress it up, you can make it casual, you can throw some leggings with it, you know, you can really, like you said, crank them out once you get that fit down for your mm-hmm. child. Specifically. Yeah. So I would say that's been really popular. The Duchess jacket has been quite popular. I was a little surprised. Um, and it was, you know, one of, I guess it wasn't my first woven pattern, but it was more like one of my first detailed woven patterns, you know, that was mm-hmm. a little bit trickier, yeah. I guess I would say yeah. both in designing and for the sewist themselves. But people love it, and I think it's really cool to see yeah. all the different ways you can make it. Like I said again, from really dressy to kind of more casual. So I would say those two on different spectrums have been quite popular. Cool. I would like to say that the way that you described like criteria, comfort, lots mm-hmm. of design options, that's pretty much how I shop for patterns for myself. Oh, me too now. This year, definitely too. <laughs> Pretty much no different. Yeah. You know, one thing that um, didn't really, that I hadn't really thought about, I think one of my first patterns that I did for my daughter was a print pattern. I'm not a very good tracer. So, you know, I just cut that thing out. And then, you know, it... Then I only had one size, and I think that um, Mm. oh, like a tissue, like a tissue. It was a tissue pattern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, and I think that that it just hadn't occurred to me too to think about the longevity of the pattern. And we we recently had a um, an article in Sew News about using a projector. Oh my gosh! And I've seen I'm a member of a projector group, and. Like that makes so much sense for kids. For kids, yeah. Um, patterns, just changing the size, the size of the. Do you have one, Lindsay? I don't, but my team does, and I'm telling you, I just think it makes the most sense. It's the most brilliant thing that's come along. Totally. You don't have waste of paper anymore, right? You don't waste your ink. You're not printing. Yeah. I mean, yep. it has been yep. in my mind such a great thing because you are reducing your time because you don't have to print and assemble, right? You just. Yep. Project mm-hmm. straight down and you cut that pattern out and you can do it over and over again. And if you need a different size, you use a different size, right? 
And you don't have to store it. That was so difficult trying to store those paper patterns. It's just, like I said, I think it is a game changer in the sewing industry. I also think that it will save you so much money in the long run when you think about paper and Mm -hmm. ink and time because they're not overly expensive. I mean, they're not dirt cheap, but they aren't overly expensive. And I really think investing in one is so smart. I do, 100%. I'm coming around. Yeah. I'm so <laughs> intimidated by the whole process, but I'm definitely, I think with it, I think I will eventually get one. What I, I can just see myself eventually. Especially if you're going to make some kid clothes. Absolutely. Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause if I have something big, like I just don't know. Yeah. You need a really big table. Yeah. I guess I think the calibrating of it all just really mind boggles me, but like for swimsuits and stuff, like uh, I'm making a lot of like undies and mm-hmm. stuff like for that, it it's seems perfect. like super, super easy. Yeah. And there is a whole Facebook group that's devoted just to having all that information. It covers different types and it um, gives videos. And I know they answer questions. I I think (laughs) I need to join that. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's going for with projectors or something like that, but it's a great group for resources. Absolutely. Final question. And okay, this one is completely just a personal problem of mine. What do you do with these special clothes? after your kids have outgrown them because I can't figure that out other than just, you know, keeping them for posterity, uh, potentially other kiddos down the road, grandkids, all of that. Any any special tricks or ideas, Lindsay? Yeah, I've always been entrepreneurial minded. And so I always <laughs> sold them afterward. There was a few that I kept, but to be honest, like, It was, in my opinion, like I was investing in being able to buy more fabric and supplies to make more things. So I would, you know, I had my PayPal account. We're talking back eBay days. So, you know, she would wear it a couple of times and then I would, you know, wash and press it and take those photos and ship it across the country. And then I just use the money in my PayPal account to buy more supplies. So it was a good process for me, but I'm not (laughs) super sentimental. So for someone who is, I do have some good ideas. So you could like have a, um, like a time capsule sort of a, uh, like we have like these cylinder cans that are time capsule sort of things. And you put special things in them over the years. So your kids will have a little special memento to Mm. go through. Um, And so I put like special things in there, I would say. Um, You can also do like a chest or, you know, some kind of box And that's just a fun way. My kids like to kind of dig through theirs every now and then and have a little chat about the special moments we've shared. Cute. And then the other option I thought, and I've seen other people do this. I haven't personally, but I liked the idea. So let's say they had like the going home sweater. It was super cute. They had the panel that they loved that had some kind of saying that was, you know, memorable to them, or maybe they wanted to wear it every day and now they can't. So I've seen people um, make them into quilts. So they'll save maybe a bundle of their mm. clothing oh, yeah. Yeah, from different um, ages. And then at a certain point, they'll cut them into squares and have either someone else or themselves quilt it up and make kind of a special blanket. Um, I thought that was a good idea. I, Like I said, I didn't ever try it, mm-hmm. but that would be really sweet, I think, in a way. I love both of those ideas. Yeah, yeah. or even like a photo album, yeah. and then if, mm-hmm. like you can, I don't swatch. know, like a swatch from it. Yeah, so I guess if it's, uh, yeah, 
um, if it's like worn to the part where you can't like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, there, there, those could be some things. Yeah. Um, I have trouble even going through my own closet. I'm like, oh, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. It does everything. I just can't. <laughs> well, all right. I am feeling, I'm getting there. I'm feeling kind of inspired. <laughs> Hopefully it's inspiration, not just guilt. <laughs> it's a fine line. <laughs> Um, but thanks y'all so much. That was a great convo. Let's take a little break and then we'll come back and talk about some sewing inspiration. All right. All right. Now it's time for our Sojo segment, which is our favorite. It's when we talk about what's giving us our sewing mojo at the moment. So let's see, Amanda, I'm putting you on the spot. You go first. I think this is the one year or the one time of year that... Shorts are my sojo. (laughs) Literally, I think it only happens one time per year, and that time is now. Yeah, I actually just I ordered some fabric. I haven't I haven't um, sewn a lot for me much this summer. I think we've just been too busy Uh getting out and about. But I ordered some fabric, and I realized that I had ordered the same exact fabric three times. Uh (laughs) And I, you didn't realize it when you were actually buying it. No, I did. Oh. I wanted it for more garments. That was the first question I got on um, my oh, stories. Funny. But yeah, I, I just, every time I wear this one shirt, I'm like, oh, I should make some more stuff in this fabric. And it's pretty easy to get. It's uh, Robert Kaufman linen. Mm. So yeah, I'm going to make some linen shorts. Super inspired by shorts. It won't happen again till this time next year. Uh-huh. All right. How about you, Lindsay? What's giving you your mojo? I think I'm really into all the flowy things right now. I love the the kind of twirl, boho style flowy things. I've seen quite a few and um, been drafting some patterns in that route. But yeah, I love kind of things that aren't super close to my body. And for the kids, they tend to like to have the loose fitting things as well. So yep. Yeah. It's totally where I'm headed right now. How about you, Meg? Um, well, yeah, speaking of flowy things, uh, I just, yeah, this morning I saw Helen's Closet just put out a new pattern and I just love it. The Reynolds dress and top. It's similar style to, um, the Oso tank that we have, but I, uh, I like that it has darts, even though I usually hate sewing darts, but if I just wanted a single, uh, fabric and I like how the dress version with the side slits just really, really appealed to me. I'm probably going to make more of just the dresses um, since I have, I've made so a million Oso tanks, but the dress (laughs) really, really spoke to me and how um, it has like a shaped center back seam. So it's not as boxy. So I'm really excited Mm. to try that. I printed it out this morning. (laughs) Can't wait to try that one. Awesome. Yeah. I'm going to have to take a look at that. Yes. Oh, it's so, it's just simple and just Mm. looks like it's screaming for linen in this heat right now. It'll be yeah. perfect. Yeah. Linen for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, as I was telling Amanda earlier, uh, we in Colorado are going through a, while everyone else is going through the heat wave, we, we've yeah. got slightly cooler weather here. It's yeah. in the seventies for us. And I'm like, okay, we've got two more days. I need to sew something before it gets hot again. And I don't yeah. want to do anything that involves moving. Right. So um, I cut out a pair of Nini culottes that I've been meaning to cut out for approximately 10 months. Um, and they're linen and they are going to be awesome. And I can't wait to make them and wear them because I love that pattern. 
Yay, summer sewing. Summer yeah, sewing. I'm probably not going to wear them because it's going to be too hot. And I'll be like, I can't wear these. They go down below my knees. But then it'll get, we'll get into fall and then they'll be perfect. For sure. Thank you so much for joining us, Lindsay. It was really yes. lovely having you on the show. All your great ideas about sewing for kids. I am definitely feeling more inspired. Thank you for having me. It was fun. I wasn't sure what to expect, but I had a great time and I'd be happy to come back. All right. Awesome. I know where I'm going to be doing my shopping <laughs> at first for little little kitty clothing. So Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And now it's time for our Sew and Tell segment where we ask you your opinion on our wonderful sewing topics. So last episode, we asked you, what do you look for in a t-shirt pattern and what's your favorite? We got a good number of responses for which we are very grateful. Thank you all. So Meg, why don't you start us off? Yes. I always love, yeah, anyone that comments on anyone, we're so appreciative. We love hearing the feedback. Mm -hmm. And for this one, uh, this also, this was a great um, slew of comments because I got so many new ideas for t-shirts that I need to make. So it was a great list and resource too. So on Instagram, Maxi Max said, Union Street Tea by Hey June is on sewing repeat for me. Lots of neck and sleeve options too. I love that one. I haven't mm-hmm. made it yet, but um, uh, it's definitely on the list. Yep. I love any. Shout out to Hey June, too. We filmed something special with her recently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we also heard from Highland Dance Mom, who said, I have three favorite patterns for tees. The Helen's Closet Jackson, mm-hmm. the Helen's Closet Elliot, and I couldn't leave out the Sew Over It Molly, because I've sewn it at least 14 times. 14? That's, That's impressive. <laughs> that is. <gasps> My ultimate favorite fabric is from a local shop to me, the Fabric Snobs Boyfriend Knit. It's super wide, soft, and washes like a dream. That sounds lovely. Yeah, it does. Yeah. We also heard from Busy Sewing Bee, who said, I love the Ellie and Mac oversized tea pattern. Oh, I'm going to have to check that one out, too. Yeah. For sure. And perfectly fitting for our guest today, too. Exactly. <laughs> Lots of love for that t-shirt. Yes. Yes. So we had a lot of people mention the Jackson tea and also the mm-hmm. plantain tea and the Mandy boat tea from Tasuti Patterns. Oh, yeah. Um, so the, those those really uh, showed up a bunch of times in different mm-hmm. people's uh, lists. So I just thought I'd mention them specifically. But if you're looking for the perfect tea pattern, you should totally look at this post on our Instagram feed because there are really a yes. lot of great suggestions on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for this episode, we're going to ask, what are your sewing for kids tips and tricks? Yep. Hoping for that same level of inspiration. Oh, yes. Inspo <laughs> too. Give us give us everything. Yep. Fun, fun episode. Yeah. yeah. Very Indeed. interesting. I kind of wish I had more kids in my life right now. Um, I feel like if I call up my uh, 18-year-old niece and be like, hey, you want me to sew for you? She's going to be like, <laughs> no. Hey, guess what, Kate? You can totally sew for my kids and it won't be weird. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I will keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah, I thought I would never have so much fun talking about sewing for anyone else other than me. <laughs> I <don't know>. no. <laughs> 
It's so fun. Um, We also wanted to take a moment to tell you about something new and exciting on the So Daily Network YouTube channel. We have a new series called Stitch Lab, and we love it. It is so much fun. It's a brand new series. We cover essential techniques. We do experiments. We wear lab coats. Oh, yeah. We have special Uh guests. We're super cute, you guys. We're so cute in lab coats. It's so much fun. And we have created that series with support from our friends at Singer. And it was it was hard work, you guys, but I had a lot of fun and I learned a lot. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. We, we kind of went in and we're like, okay, we'll do these experiments and, you know, we'll be kind of doing the things that we do. And then we started working with these new feet and playing with new oh, techniques. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh my gosh, I'm actually learning. Um, and yeah, it was, it was really, yeah. really inspiring, really great uh, educational time for us. So hopefully, mm-hmm. hopefully it's uh, fun and educational for you guys too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very much in the spirit of the podcast. I don't know. It was like, it really did feel like a video version of the yeah. podcast, which mm-hmm. I love. We, yes. We we actually, we only did one episode that we all three were on, just the uh-huh. three of us. And it was, it was just like doing a podcast with video cameras on us. It was a lot totally. of fun. So. Totally. Very special guests. Like we, oh, yes. uh, it was, and they had fun with it too. It was so, so great. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So check it out. That is Definitely Stitch Lab on So Daily Network YouTube channel. And yeah, terrific I think episode. You're going to love it. I think you're going to love it. As promised, Singer now brings you this interview with SVP education specialist Bethany McHugh. While you're listening, go to singer.com to shop and compare all their sewing machine sergers, quilting, and embroidery machines. That's singer.com. We are so excited to welcome Bethany McHugh to the podcast. How are you? I'm doing so good. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. And so you are just like a crafter of all trades. I was browsing your Instagrams and not only are you an education specialist for Singer, I love you have like dog Instagrams crafting for pets and it's craft with Bethany, correct? So I have craft with Bethany and then I have Biscuit Bell Boutique, which is my dog bandana business named after my dog. Um, uh, you know, and then my dogs have their own Instagram. I have multiple, yes. I <laughs> multiple love it. Ones, but mm-hmm. um, Craft with Bethany really encompasses all the different types of crafts I do. Um, but that one I kind of started just this year, actually. And then the, the bandana business I've had for about two years. You're in such good company about <laughs> being like obsessed with That's how it should be. <laughs> yes. uh, I know I need to get on my yes. rabbit bandanas. I don't know if they're quite a trend yet. I need to get on that. I have <laughs> a rabbit that used to model for my bandana business. Totally. I've, really? had, mm-hmm. <gasps> um, I've had cats. I've had uh, goats and pigs. No had, way. Um, Meg. Hedgehogs. They actually didn't wear my bandanas because they're not small enough. They wore my hair bows. And I make matching scrunchies, so the mom would wear the scrunchie on her wrist and then oh hold the hedgehog gosh. wearing the matching bow and take cute little pictures like that. It was adorable. That was probably my most random request, was to kind of customize my hair bows um, to fit a hedgehog. But yeah. Wow. Yeah, you never know. You just never, you never know. For my dogs, I started making them. Um, That's amazing. Because they snap on. <laughs> Uh, instead yeah, exactly. of high, so and they don't go over the collar, they just snap on. So um, they're easier to get on, but they stay on better. 
And yeah. so I started making them for my dogs because I wanted something that was cute, but you know, easier for me to put on them and look better hanging on the dogs than some of the other ones I've, I've tried before. So started yeah. making them and then all my friends at the dog park, cause we would go every weekend. So all my dogs <laughs> would, were like, um, I want one, I want one. And then they convinced me to start an Etsy shop and that's how it turned into a business. Oh, that's amazing. So speaking of, yeah, experimenting with different animals, hedgehogs to cats and stuff, did you ever experiment with different ways to like make the bandanas or cross crafts mm-hmm. with them? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, my style for the bandana doesn't change. I really okay. like the, I made my own pattern. I've got that down to a science. <laughs> my snaps are the same, um, but I do like to customized bandanas mm-hmm. so with your pet's name or something like that so a lot of that I do with a cricket machine and I have Ooh. a lot of vinyl so I do that and I'll put you know their name on it in a cute little glitter or something and those are fun to do for birthdays or whatever you know special occasions things like that I've done some for like if their their dog's parents are getting yeah. married you know Stuff like that. So you make a ton of bandanas. So what's another thing that you make besides that in your crafting world or sewing world? Mm -hmm. Uh (laughs) The bandanas have been kind of all consuming over the last few years. But when it comes to sewing, I really like doing different types of projects, especially with my mom. I, we do all sorts Aww. of different projects, uh, a lot of home decor projects and things like that. Nice. It just kind of runs the gamut. Uh, and then I have a lot of other types of crafts that I do that aren't sewing related as well. But I, I love mixing the different things in. Like I do a lot of woodworking. My dad is a self-taught carpenter. So wow. he taught me a lot about woodworking. Mm-hmm. And I was actually in the shop yesterday working on some stuff. Do you think there are any transferable skills from woodworking to like sewing in particular? Do you think there is? I mean, I think so. It's a lot of the same things that I use for sewing and and woodworking is, you know, you, you measure twice. Oh yeah. You know, (laughs) and that applies to both. I need to tell myself that a lot more. (laughs) So, I mean, a lot of it is similar in the sense of like your prep work. So knowing what you want to make and then creating a plan for attack. So whether you're using a pattern or you're creating it from scratch, which I did with, you know, my bandanas, I made my pattern myself, a lot of my woodworking, I kind of have an idea of what I want it to look like. And then I create it from there. And then I repeat that those steps to make multiple of the same thing. So kind of creating all of that from scratch, you have to do the prep work. And that's the measurements and the right materials and the tools that you need. Anytime I have a chance to hammer while I'm making a sewing project, it's like one of my favorites. Yeah, I always love to get my hammer out too. And if you think of it, my my husband also does woodworking. And when I see him with, you know, a piece of plywood and tracing out shapes, I'm like, that's just like a yard of fabric with like your pattern pieces. It's so cool. Um, Yeah, and all the measuring and fitting it. I guess just... For me, uh, like cutting fabric would be a lot easier than (laughs) a lot less to lift, (laughs) a lot more forgiving in a way, Uh, a lot less dangerous in some ways. Um, But I've hurt myself sewing probably just as many times as I've probably hurt myself in the wood shop. I could tell you how many pricks I've given myself over the years with sharp needles or scissors or, you know, whatever. 
We definitely we've we discuss how much we oh yeah um, bleed on our yeah. favorite projects as we're working on them. Always a little bit, right? Right, right. So I actually wear an apron a lot when I'm working in here, and then I have oh. a separate apron that I wear in my wood shop just to prevent so much sawdust from getting on my yeah. clothes, so ah. I can actually leave and go run an errand and not look like <laughs> like a dirty mess. But um. Yeah, when I'm in my craft room, I have an apron and it's my catch-all. So it can be my catch-all for my um, scissors. It has pockets on it. So my scissors or oh. uh, my threads will stick to it and I can just lint roll them off. I know. I'm always never remembering where I put my little snips. Like I just need an apron just so I can hold them and they're always there. <laughs> I have yeah. my snips and I learned this in fashion design school. I have my snips on um and it's I should redo it and make it look nice but in in school we literally just took some scrap fabric and tore it oh yeah and tied it in knot and they hung from your neck so while you're sitting at the machine sewing it's just a quick grab and snip um so that was kind of something that I always had and learned yep um because I'm always looking for my scissors what's your experience like being with like an education specialist what's your favorite part of this kind of exciting I know you said it's recent this exciting new position for you it's exciting yeah, so I joined singer about six weeks ago it's nice. kind of been a whirlwind um <laughs> I, before I joined them I was in a completely different industry um, oh. my nine to five was in HR and recruiting and stuff. Oh, really? Right. So I sat at a computer all day, you know, looking at resumes and going through all of that stuff. And, and I love doing it. I've been yeah. doing that for, you know, many, many years. And that's been my career path. You know, I met Sonny, who is now my boss at SVP, um, almost a year ago. It'll be a so year ago. Cool. This 4th of July. I met her at a cookout. And from a mutual friend who said, you've got to meet her. She does all these cool sewing things. And I think you guys would click, you know, and I'm like, okay, cool. Like, you know, it's fun to meet other people who sew. Yeah. And when I met her, like, and then I found out who she was and what she does Mm -hmm. and who she works for, (laughs) I became, I totally fangirled. And (laughs) so I was like, this is amazing. I saw the machines she's getting to work with. Oh yeah. I was just in awe. And, and I was like, this, this is amazing. So we connected and then we never really like talked a whole lot after that. And I hadn't seen her since. And then fast forward about nine months. Um, I knew she had followed me on social media, but didn't really know much um, about that. So you just never know who's watching. Right. And she reached yeah. out randomly um, since that 4th of July cookout and was like, Hey, we have an opportunity within my team here. And I thought you might be interested. I don't know what you're doing or where you're at, but this might be something you'd like to do. It, it aligns with what you're doing on your own outside of your nine to five. And I just never expected to have such a career shift at this point in my life. I went to fashion design school. I went and studied, you know, fine art and merchandising and all these other creative things. And, yeah. you know, I felt like maybe I just majored in my hobbies, but I just never expected them to merge together yeah. to be one. Um, and I, I feel very blessed by that opportunity. I couldn't say no. And it's been probably one of the best big leaps of faith that I've taken. Um, I'm excited about where it's going. Every, everything I do now is new. You know, I have experience in a different realm. And I think some of that helps me in some areas of this job, but to do it at a caliber, you know, with a company like Singer that's so well known, this is a big deal. Yeah. I'm still pinching myself. My mom is 
threw them in like oh you know just like it's just she's just in shock yeah. that I she's so excited I learned a lot of my sewing from my mom so <laughs> she's very proud and I am too I mean I worked hard to get here I you know and I, I never went into pursuing my hobbies and and sharing it you know on social media platforms to with the end goal of getting to this point mm-hmm. it was just an outlet I needed that creative outlet being a creative person I needed that balance between sitting behind a computer all day and being creative if I didn't have that, I was not going to be happy. So to go and actually sit behind a sewing machine and sew, and, and that's okay because it's working is, I'm still wrapping my head around that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I'm cheating, but I'm not. Yeah. I'm doing work on projects that we're yeah. going to be doing and featuring for different things. So yeah. it's just, I don't know. I'm still. Absolutely. I still, still sometimes. I, yeah. I think the same thing too. I'm in my, I'm doing the many, many years and I still think the same. Same thing. So we're chatting with you and we're also launching our new series, Stitch Lab, which covers essential techniques and inspiring experiments. And it's really geared at beginning sewists, but also people who've been sewing um, for a little bit and want to either refresh their skills or kind of reinvigorate their sewing practice. And how does that align with the Singer brand? How does that align with your message as a crafter and an educator? It sounds exciting. It's a resource for people who are beginning or wanting to learn different types of sewing. Maybe they kind of have focused in one area and they want to learn something different. So, I, you know, it really aligns with kind of who I am as a person, what my role is with singer, what I've always stood for. I just wish I had something like that when I was learning to sew. We didn't have those kind of resources. Um, and I'm I think it's great for someone who is a beginner sewer or someone who's more experienced to just go through those. I, you know, that kind of training and support is awesome. I want to thank you so much for inspiring our listeners, inspiring us. Like, I can't believe you put uh, like scrunchies and hair bows on hedgehogs. Like, that's amazing. (laughs) And I'm going to go check it out. (laughs) Thanks, Bethany. So thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. This has been fun. Head over to singer.com today to get inspired by sewing blogs, project ideas, and to meet some of their favorite sewists on Instagram. Also, now through December, use the promo code STITCHLABS2021. That's S-T-I-T-C-H-L-A-B-S-2021. All right. Well, thanks for talking with me, everybody. Until next time. Until next time. Happy stitching. One day we'll close it out, right? No, we won't. We never will. It is always going to be awkward and weird. All right. Bye. (laughs) For links to everything we talked about in this episode, go to our show notes page at sodaily.com slash sewandtell. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at sewandtellpodcast at goldenpeakmedia.com or visit us on Instagram at sewandtellpod. Answer the sewandtell question, tell us your sojo, or just leave us some feedback. If you enjoyed our show, please subscribe on your podcasting platform of choice. And please leave us a review, ideally a good one, because that helps listeners like you find our podcast. And tell your sewing friends about us, too. Thanks for listening, and happy stitching. So and Tell is a So Daily podcast and produced by Golden Peak Media. It's hosted and produced by Meg Healy, Amanda Carestio, and me, Kate Zeinard. Daisha Clay is our producer. Director of podcasts is Jared Mayer. 
Tiffany Warble is Director of Content. Kelsey Ratterman handles our marketing. And Andrea Lotz does all things digital. If you'd like more information on sponsoring or advertising on So and Tell, go to goldenpeakmedia.com.